Light from Lantern presents Knit a Spell. I'm magical maker Katie Rempe. And I'm the maker of magic, James Devine. Join us as we stitch together the symbiotic relationship between crafting and the craft. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Knit a Spell. How are you doing, Jim? I am doing great. How are you, Katie? What a month. Uh, I know, right? I'm doing well. Coming off of a little bit of a travel situation, which is always fun. So I've actually seen people and been out in the world a little bit. It's very exciting. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's really starting everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially with uh, Pride Month, you know, wrapping up know. at this point. So I don't know. Is it me or have you seen more rainbow things mm. than ever before? Is it just me? Oh, no. I agree. This idea of... Uh, less rainbow capitalism and mm-hmm. more like queer liberation. And yeah. so that's been a thing where I've, I've been like, okay, there's some rainbow, there's mm-hmm. some organizations making their, their logo rainbow color that I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. conveniently only for this month, mm-hmm. but why rainbow mm-hmm. looks great all the time. Yeah. yeah. Also very aware of that. Yep. So uh, always good to check on who you're supporting to see if they're always supporting the things that you are also supporting. <laughs> That's right. Well, and this year we get a bonus because at least in Seattle, if you're if you're listening in Seattle, we didn't have an uh, in-person pride. I mean, there was a couple little events here and there, but the big pride parade is scheduled for October, which is when mm. Southern states and warm climates often have pride because it's cooler. And yeah, it's smart. associated with uh, National Coming Out Day on October 11th. So oh, perfect. we will get to have pride twice. Yay, the more the merrier. oh well and actually it's a great little uh, leeway into our topic this week which is boundaries and spiritual hygiene (laughs) right when you're at a big event and Mm. there's so much going on like i think Mm. this is one of the things that um people who are interested in spirituality deeply interested in spirituality tend to have more of a sensitivity to energy in general right yeah Yep. And so if you, what are some of the things, do you ever have like symptoms, if you will, or a hangover from being around a lot of people? Oh, yeah. Especially like when I would work conventions and things like that, you know, I was purposefully like putting extra into everything. So, you know, mm. when you're trying to work the room or just, you know, when you're caught up in so many people around you, it's it's easy to just like kind of leak the energy and then afterwards exactly like you said like hangover just like tired and needing a a refresh (laughs) yeah that's right so you would go back to the hotel room after being at a conference i mean this is me when i was a i called myself a booth bitch oh yes we would say like when we're booth bitching right Mm, we're just working a booth at a conference which I've, i've done lots of times even me the super extrovert. And I know you are a super extrovert. Mm-hmm. We, I would go back to the hotel room and K-Rash. Oh, dead. Dead, 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 yeah. zombie dead. Yes. And did you ever get headaches? Did you ever like uh, after the third day or something at a long conference, like kind of get a little tension headache or anything? Yeah. Yep. That and uh, by the end, I also would have trouble sleeping because I would need to do like, like an energy dump. I would actually 
have like an hour or two before I was able to sleep where I would be writing notes about people that I saw and ideas that I had because that also was like a huge bonus of going to those sorts of trade shows was seeing people and again, becoming inspired by their ideas and their wants and needs. And yes, it's just so much going on that it's hard to turn off. It's like overdrive. Right. Right. So I think you're better than me because I would just go out and have beers with people and like still be all like, we in the energy and then completely (laughs) crash and be wrecked the next day. So hygiene, it was, it was hangover on top of hangover. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Yes. Good point. Well, knitters love to drink. So I'm right there with you. (laughs) I like the blankets. I like the blanket statement. Did you see what I did there? Yes. Oh, look at you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about spiritual hygiene. So what do we mean by spiritual hygiene? Did you have any ideas about what you were thinking of when we talked about boundaries and spiritual hygiene? Oh, so for me, you know, I always go to the making side of things. And uh, when I think of boundaries in terms of my making, it's... um, do I have time to do this? Is it overextending myself? Um, is it doing justice to the project if I accept it? Um, so hmm. for me, the boundaries are usually, am I already too full? Because I love to take things on and I know that about myself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's time and effort um, mm-hmm. are the boundaries you're thinking of, right? Yeah, uh, and, exactly. And maybe it's also the skill. Like, is this something that I know how to do or feel right. like I have the stamina to do, right? Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to bite off more than you can chew and then totally right. be frustrated over anything you're doing. That's not the, right. not good. Yeah. Spiritual hygiene, I really think about as, um, well, spiritual boundaries. Let's start with that. Mm. I, I really think about as um, shielding uh, wards, but basically, it's any way in which you create a limit or a space or a uh, point at which you will not go beyond. Mm. And so, um, what like creating spiritual boundaries, and we'll talk about shields, and that's probably the most common thing. Mm. And um, since we've talked about trade shows and like parades and events and concerts, there's yeah. a lot of different ways to consider how to do shields. Um, when you think about protecting your house or putting boundaries around your house, there's ways to shield your house and ward your house. Hmm. So these are the types of things I think about when I think of spiritual boundaries. Ooh, I love that. As far as spiritual hygiene, I think of that sort of being defined as how to manage our spiritual status or spiritual like state Hmm. with our regular practice of grounding, like we talked about in previous Mm -hmm. episodes, regular meditation, shielding, warding, and release, whatever the regular spiritual practice is that a person does is Mm -hmm. part of our spiritual hygiene. And it's that sort of uh, reflection, rinse, repeat type of thing we would do. Um, And in order to stay energetically and spiritually aware. Yeah. So the hygiene part is like literal hygiene in a way, <laughs> like cleaning yeah, and it's, cleansing. It's yep. a lot like taking a shower so that you're like, okay, is that my stink or someone else's? <laughs> yeah. And actually, I I quite often will use a shower like as a, a the spiritual hygiene too. You know, it's just like washing off your 
dirt and washing off your worries, you know, like just coming back from traveling was like, just let all that anxious energy just roll off you with the the drops of the water, which are already doing it. So it's easy to picture. Yeah. Yeah. There used to be a commercial for um, a hair, a shampoo hair color. Oh. And um, there was a... Uh, there was this jingle that was, I'm going to wash that gray right out of my hair. Yeah. Right. That's right. Um, I think it was from a song that was, I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair. But this idea <laughs> of like being able to wash something away hmm. and psychologically, energetically, and physically. Right. So yeah, that's one of the things where they do, why we call it hygiene is because a lot of times things we do for hygiene can also be mirrored spiritually Mm-hmm. Right. You don't just have to take a mundane shower. You can make your shower magical by Dang also it. having it energetically, you know, imagine that you're releasing yourself of what was all over you. Right. So, yes. and I think it's important because this past year we've been solitary or, or, you know, in quarantine and now we're still, and we're going to talk about this for a while, ramping into full engagement with people. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, the pendulum swing is happening the other way. You know, travel sites are getting really slammed. We're getting a lot of travel happening. Um, Everything is bouncing back because everyone has cabin has had cabin fever and is, you know, eager to see people and hug relatives and do everything else. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going on a family trip this afternoon and like off we go for two weeks. Right. So there's a lot of that, you know, over the, and we're just about to have the 4th of July, you know, is coming up. Right. It'd be like the roaring twenties all over again. (laughs) Yeah. So like this weekend is 4th of July. So I'm sure that that's going to be a huge thing as we've seen. Right. I remember last year was like big in its own way. I remember like a million fireworks because people, that's what they could do from a distance. So I can't imagine what it's going to be like this year. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of big. So I think it's really important to remember your spiritual hygiene so that Mm. you can, as you're exposed to like, wow, I'm suddenly in a room with 40 family members because we haven't seen each other in a year, which is something we're planning this weekend. Um, to be able to say, okay, what's my spiritual hygiene and how am I going to manage it? Right. Yeah. Uh, very valid. Like you said, especially after being by yourself. And I find, you know, even as someone who loves to talk to people that without the practice that I had constantly before, you know, I get tired more easily or, you know, my thoughts get cluttered. So, um, yeah, it's a good practice to have now to prepare yourself because <laughs> it's yeah. only going to get more as the year goes on, I'm sure. Right. And yeah. I mean, when we're coming out of cabin fever, mm. right, it's you said it earlier, it's easy for you to take on new projects, right? Yep. Exactly. So, Make the room. Yeah. But so what do you do to handle that? Like, what are some things that are important for you? You know that you say yes to everything, right? Yep, exactly. How do you discern between yes and no? It, You know, it's usually a gut instinct. <laughs> I know the time I have, and I know typically the time it takes me to make things. And if I don't have the time and it's it's not something that I can feasibly move things around because, you know, life happens and sometimes you got to sort of work things in. And I, I enjoy doing that. But 
Also knowing, again, what your limits are so you can achieve the things you want is really important because when you get caught up or you end up saying yes to everyone else's things and none of yours, then you become resentful of what you're making. And then the thing you're making for someone is then a chore um, and probably having some negative energy involved with it, which you know, even if you don't intend it to be that way, can sneak in. So being aware of what you really want. um, And we were just talking about how sometimes that's difficult to know. (laughs) But taking time to listen to yourself, um, and then decide is is really important. And very helpful, I think. That's part of the hygiene is really listening to ourselves and knowing, you know, those things, right? Yeah. And I think about the, you know, the word balance is really important, like saying yes to things, but we have to know ourselves. We have mm-hmm. to be centered, grounded and centered. Yep. Listen to that episode on grounding <laughs> and centering so that we can be aware of what's me and what's not me. One of the reasons that I do spiritual hygiene regularly is so that I, in meditation, understand what's me mm. so that when I get a psychic hit or when something is out there, I then know what's me and what's not me as mm. far as is this the person I'm reading and the energy that needs to be for them? Or is this me? Because I just had a wonderful reunion with my, you know, granddaughter or, you know, uh, an argument with my mom or what mm. or whatever those things are, I can distinguish my stuff from my client. And I think that that's a really important as- also aspect in spiritual hygiene oh, yeah. because we really want to be able to have those spiritual connections between people and right. have them in a way that's healthy. Right. Mm-hmm. And the toxicity that could exist there can be shared back and forth. And, you know, whenever you have a toxic person in the room, you know, that really messes up everything. It's no fun. Yeah. So being you can able feel the to vibe. Yeah. Being able to heal that and have some boundaries around it is I think really important. You had an idea about five people like mm-hmm. closest to you. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I can't remember where I read this, but it had reflected about how your state of mind is often um reflected in the five closest people that you have around you. So if you have people who are supportive and encouraging and loving, then you probably are also supportive, encouraging and loving in most of your daily life. If you have people who are, you know, toxic takers, or, you know, always complain, or just low vibe energy, you're probably going to share that energy because it's part of your world, you know, what you think is your reality. Um, And it's very easy to get swept up in other people's emotions, especially if you're like us, a little sensitive. Um, And if you're not exactly sure where, again, those boundaries are, um, you can get lost. So then, you know, how helpful is that for other people? Not so helpful. Right. Think about those five people that are closest and choose them wisely. Yep. How are you feeling? Now see if, you know, the qualities that you want to see in yourself are those reflected in your friends and family that you have around you? If not, maybe it's time to reassess. You know, they don't have to be your main people. Maybe they're your secondary people. Right. Yeah. 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 I love that. Should fill up your cup too. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think that, you know, good friends fill each other's cups at the same time. Right. That's a exactly. really cool thing. Yep. This uh, last sort of thing is um, I always remember if ever I'm feeling sad or, you know, depressed or whatever. And I call, if I call my mom, she's always going to give me this advice. Hey, is your room clean? Go clean your room. Oh my gosh. Yes. 
right? There's something about cleaning house or doing something like, you know, your room or your house is a reflection of like your mind. So being Mm -hmm. able to do a tiny thing that, you know, cleans up a little bit can also be a spiritual act. And we can sort of mirror that spiritually and say, I'm also picking up some mess that I have, you know, inside. Oh, yes. As a as a maker, creative person, I'm constantly in like a flow of mess. It's just my creative way. But I've, I've like had now for about a month where I have every Friday, and that's my desk cleaning day. Because again, my desk is often my brain, <laughs> literally spread out in front of me. So when it's overpopulated with things. I can't concentrate on any one of them and then nothing gets done. Uh, right. It's always shocking how the beginning of my week tends to be more productive. <laughs> Imagine that. Is it is it more inspiring to see skeins of yarn that are perfectly organized by color and set up and a whole like creative craft space that's perfectly put together or is it more inspiring to see it kind of messy and you know everything all over the place exactly yeah way more inspiring to see it neat and tidy and exactly like put with intent again you know maybe it's all by color maybe it's all by weight maybe it's all by brand who knows whatever floats your boat um yeah and then you know exactly where it is and you don't have to be like oh i wish i could do that thing but i'm not sure where it is and now i'm not going to do it um yeah Way, way better. I think that's pretty universal, right? Yep. In the midst of something, we can feel like we want our mess there because I know where my stuff is. Mm-hmm. But man, there's something. And that's, but all of your craft stuff is all organized right now because we're just out of Mercury retrograde and that's you right. reorganized everything, right? I actually really did. You did? <laughs> I did. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I went through a lot of things. Um, I actually, I wasn't going to start a new project. <clears throat> But I may have rediscovered some yarn that I had, so I didn't feel like it was too bad. (laughs) It was a retrograde inspired, so it's the only one I felt like made any sense. It was a retrograde inspired starting a new project, Jim. Well, that's how you start a new project, is you bring that energy in, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Great job. Well, thank you. So I think that there's a lot to talk about regarding spiritual boundaries and Uh, Like we said earlier, I think the biggest thing is this idea of knowing ourselves. And there's Mm -hmm. this Greek uh, phrase, know thyself, or know thyself. Mm. Originally, it meant it was from the mystery cults and different sort of things in ancient Greece and Rome. And it's this idea of knowing that you are not one of the gods, right? Mm. That you are a person. But I think that there's something beyond that, too, which is to really do know yourself. You are inspired by, you are a child of earth and starry heaven. You are, uh, you know, a beautiful being and a inspired by the divine. And you also know your limits, right? Mm -hmm. Limits don't have to be permanent, right? Right. But um, someone, someone, I saw a meme, maybe it was on TikTok or something (laughs) that was um, when you're with a toxic person they will call your boundaries a grudge sometimes. Mm. They'll say that you're holding a grudge because you're actually holding a boundary. Uh, and I thought that that was a really interesting wow. spin. Yeah. Right? If you're with someone who's narcissistic, if, if there's someone in your family or someone that you're in your orbit who's narcissistic or in other ways has you have a boundary mm. with them, 
how interesting it is that they can have it be like that's a grudge you're holding. Right. And the spin that is, they see. Yeah, right. Mm. This is the gaslighting that happens when really what you're doing is knowing your limits, right? And knowing your own ethics, your own values, right? Mm -hmm. I know that I sent you a values exercise, right? Yep. To try on and to see like, what are the values? What really floats to the top when I conduct an exercise on evaluating myself? Yep. So those are things that I think are really important. And that allows us to then know our shadow, or in other words, the shadow is the unconscious, what's driving us, the sort of unhealed, mm -hmm. constant complaints, constant sort of patterns that run in the background that sort of have us do weird things. Um, yep. And it tells us a lot about where we're learning and where the edge of our boundary is. Yep. I so, totally get that. The ego. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So there's this idea of knowing what you can see and being able to evaluate what you can see in ways that make sense and then seeking to discover what you can't see, what might be hidden, mm. right? And this yeah. is a the big sort of thing. Now, this seems like a lot of psychology, but I think it really mirrors a lot with energy, right? Because they go together. Exactly. Uh, there's the emotions, a, right? <laughs> that's right. We say that energy flows where attention goes. Mm -hmm. And so that's why a lot of times psychology and, um, and energy uh, can overlap. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a you are what you eat situation. You know, totally. Again, if you're negative all the time, everything's going to be negative. But if you sort of spin it around and it does take work, you know, it, I have in my life been in both places, you know, I've been easily influenced to get into the gossip mode. And, um, you know, and then I'm like, Oh, Oh, no, I, I don't like that. That's not me. Um, and then you come back. And then people are like, Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I like that you're, you're actually complimenting people instead of complaining the whole time. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So finding, um, finding when you start to do those little things and then seeing what the opposite of it might be is very healing, I Fantastic. think. Fantastic. Yes. Mm -hmm. Treat your own issues. Yeah, right. That's a great <laughs> thing. Oh my yeah. So, so, I mean, that's like one way, but how would you use like shielding or maybe like a little more like, what can we give a boost for people? Yeah. Well, let's talk about shielding, but I think first... Ooh. Maybe we want to take a little break. Oh, that's an excellent idea. Hang tight, everybody. We'll be right back. Hey, Magical Makers. Are you looking for a fun summertime project? Try my No Sweat Mason Cozies, now available in two different sizes. You can save 50% on this pattern through July 31st by using the code NITISPELL, that's all one word, on Ravelry at checkout. These beverage covers not only keep your hands dry, they're also a fun way to identify whose drink belongs to who. Cheers. Hey, Jim, let's talk about a palm reading for a sec. Oh, yeah, my favorite topic. So I don't think a lot of people necessarily think of getting a palm reading. Uh, but my palm reading with you was awesome. And it actually helped with a lot of preconceived notions that I had of the craft before now. Oh, you had preconceived notions about palmistry? What were yeah. they? Yeah. So I mean, you know, I'm pretty literal. So I thought having a short lifeline might mean you have a short life. Right. And that a star on your palm is bad. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Both of those are 
comment, you know, a short lifeline does not mean a short life. It actually means a life of uh, connection with the divine and learning and creating type of life. And a star in your palm is a sign of spiritual gift. Those are two things that are dispelled right away. I know there's a lot of things on the palm that people yeah. think are good or bad, right? There's nothing inherently negative in your palm. You can use all the tools, all the markings. They are associated with your strengths, your personality, and things you can use in your life. Absolutely. I really love that modern take on palmistry. And it actually really resonated in my reading. I think everyone would enjoy a reading from you. And dear listener, if you too would like a fantastic experience that offers insight, direction, and clarity, I highly suggest booking a session with my dear friend, James Divine. And you can find more information at thedivinedhand.com. And we're back. Woo. All right. So let's talk about shielding. Let's do it. So this is the how-to, right? So like we talked about grounding and centering before, when we ground and center, listen to the grounding and centering episode if you haven't heard it yet. Yes, please. Um, that is how we sort of plug in to the universal and unlimited power source that is in the center of the earth and that is in the universe. Mm. So once you're sort of plugged in, think of your cell phone. You know, you always plug that cell phone in to charge mm -hmm. it up and then it allows you to, you know, continue playing, um, you know, whatever game you're playing on your phone um, <laughs> or doom scrolling, right? Right, um, yeah. So our bodies, we could think of it that way as a sort of uh, analogy that we're mm. plugging in. So grounding puts cords into the earth and branches into the sky or a pillar mm. or whatever works for you in, in order to sort of plug you into universal energy. So that way you can, you can bring that energy up and it can power something that we call shields. Mm. So shields are a visualized and imagined barrier that is around you and it allows for you to oh that was pancakes puppy. sorry <laughs> of course hey one second let me let pancakes out so we're we were talking about shielding right yes so we can so a shield is using visualization and imagination to see a shield around us and to manifest a shield that is around us. And there is no standard for how a shield sh could be constructed. Mm. There's no standard on where a shield should be as far as how far away it should be from your body mm. or what shape it is, right? So you can imagine, so the way that you can create a spiritual boundary is to ground and center first, imagine yourself plugged into the earth, feel the energy of the earth coming up through your grounding, up through your body, and then use that energy to power or to project a shield that's around you. Mm. So maybe you want to create, <clears throat> excuse me, a round, perfectly round soap bubble like sh like shield similar to glinda the good witch and the ah, wizard of oz right perfect. maybe that's the shield you would like right and it's a it's like this iridescent beautiful shield hmm. well then you can decide how big that bubble is how far away is it from your body 
maybe you want to pull it in and create like a spacesuit type of shield, Ooh. right? So it's only if you're at a concert and you try to do a bubble, there's people inside your bubble in your imagination. So that's oh. a little harder. Maybe you want it to be like a skin tight spacesuit, you know, that shields oh. even though it's close to your skin. Sure. Um you can also say that shield can be of any material. Maybe it needs to be a ball of ice. Maybe it needs to be bricks or steel or, mm. or spikes, or Ooh, maybe it diamond. needs to be <laughs> diamond. Yeah. Or maybe it needs to be mirrors. Ooh. Maybe it needs to be water, you oh, know, wow. and, it, and it can also be any shape. So it can come up and out of your head, like a waterfall up and out mm. of your head and around you washing away anything that's coming towards you. It can be any permeability that you wish. Hmm. So a lot of times people can set up a shield and say, what's for me comes in and what's not for me does not, right? Sure. So there's a bazillion things to do and a bazillion hmm. ways to imagine a shield around you. All you need to do is ground and center and visualize your shield. Then say to yourself, this shield shall remain. And then you can open your eyes and just start working and experiment. What is it like to have a brick wall shield up when you are working with the public? Mm, yeah. What is it like to have mirrors? What is it like to have, um, you know, beautiful like wood carved, mm, you know, or yeah. jade carved jade like those China, ancient Chinese discs that you speak mm, to the cool. deities through, right? What? Um, you? Oh, yeah, that's oh, a whole well, that's thing. that's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a ton of different things. And you can see, like, what happens? What protects me? What intention do I put into it? Mm -hmm. So this is one of the ways to create a shield. Yeah, because I've heard some people say, like, oh, I don't want a shield because I don't I don't want to miss out on the energy. Um, I I don't want it to like totally, you know, block me off from any everything. And I think you make a great point in saying like, okay, well, maybe start with it being a brick wall. But if you find that's quote too much for you, um, then maybe there's some cracks in it. You know, maybe some like vines are pushing through, and so there's a little bit of more permeability to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe that will be more comfortable for you. So uh, yes. it's all about finding finding the boundaries for you, <laughs> the balance. Right, right. I mm -hmm. think of having it like a, like a force field or like a permeable membrane, like a semi-permeable membrane mm. that blocks things that aren't, that some things can't get through and some things can. Yep. And so that's the most common type of shield that I use. Mm. And I use shields when I'm not in my home um, because I don't need to shield around my partners. Um, I'll use shields if there's if there if there's people that come over, they're usually having to go through other things to get into the house. Mm -hmm. So I'll shield if I need to. But generally, when I'm in my home, I don't need a shield. But when I go out into the world, for sure, I put my shields up. And a lot of us do that unconsciously. We just don't realize it. Yep. So we can do it with purpose and then design and be be at cause at how we occur in the world and how we are powerful in the world. Mm, so yeah. these that is um, that's how we can create boundaries, um, energetic boundaries out in the world mm -hmm. is with shielding. And I guess 
you talked about the boundaries of time and effort with crafting, you know, are there other sort of things that you think about the correlation between how, or if we were going to do a magical, you know, piece, Mm -hmm. how would we talk about boundaries? So actually (laughs) my uh, most recent project that I started, I, I had this idea, you know, Mercury retrograde and, I have to do had to do a lot of traveling, unfortunately, <laughs> during that time, and to ease my brain and to almost feel like I had something working for me on my side, I I decided to design a shawl that encompassed certain qualities that could give me boundaries, um, like literal boundaries, because it's you know like going to sh- cover me from like a cold airport or plane. Um, but then also, you know, I have certain colors that I'm using, gray and green, because I want, you know, them to sort of pass over me. I want trouble to pass me by, and I want some luck. So um, so I'm sort of thinking in those cer- t- sort of ways um, in terms of design, um, which I'm so excited about. I've never really encompassed so many things in one, but I can tell, like, this is, this is the future of my design situation. Yeah, you're Very actually exciting. doing a shawl shield. Oh, shawl shield. (laughs) Shawl shield. We're just coming up with this now. So what's so cool about that is you can imagine your shield being a knit, Mm -hmm. right? Or a net, a net or a knit or Mm. a crochet or any kind of, you know, pattern of of cords because cords are very powerful magically, right? Right. And you're actually knitting a shawl shield. I mean- That's amazing. Okay. So is this going to be available? Are you going to publish this pattern on Lantern? Yes, it sure will. Yeah. Sooner than later. Stay tuned. If it's not out already, you will have access to that, whatever it might be called. I'm sure it's not going to be Shawl Shield. I mean, it was going to be Traveler's Talisman, but maybe it will be Shawl Shield. Stay tuned. They both have alliteration. I love love an alliteration. So. <laughs> I love that. Travelers. What was it? Talisman. Talisman, yes. Oh my gosh, that's right. And it's you know, if if I was gonna knit that, I guess I could choose the colors that work for me, right? Absolutely. Because if it's my traveler's talisman that I want in purple and gold, because I want like all the attention and sovereignty and be retreated like a queen, like the Absolutely. queen that I am. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to actually, I was just thinking this morning about how different color combinations could be used for whatever, just because I wanted to sort of slip by unnoticed doesn't mean that you have to, that's the joy right. of making your own things. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's, that's one way I'm sort of like discovering the world of boundaries in making. Um, but the other thing is, you know, when people ask you to make something, um, and maybe you get this as well, with, you know, just palm readings and everything in general, if you don't have the time, um, you're really not valuing the craftsmanship or your friendship or, you know, the relationship you have with this person. Um, Again, talking like earlier, uh, if you say yes to something that you don't have time to do, then it's going to become a burden. Desire, Yeah, exactly. You're doing it out of obligation. Mm -hmm. Well, and this is where one of the boundaries I have with palmistry is you have to, it's, you have to pay for a reading. Yes. Like it's your business. Really You're professional. Fant- yeah. It's a fantastic boundary mm-hmm. that allows me to value my time and effort 
and have my client value my time and effort, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to ask someone to knit something for me, certainly people have given me very generous gifts Mm -hmm. of knitting, right? But if I was going to actually ask someone to knit something for me, I would now especially (laughs) say, oh my gosh, that is a lot of work and Mm -hmm. it deserves compensation. Otherwise, I need to do it my dang self. There you go. There is always that option. And if you can't do it yourself, why not patron someone who does it professionally? You probably are a fan of them anyway. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, You know, respect your friends enough to pay them for what they're worth. Um, You know, I have friends who are artists and have the same issues. You know, friends want them to do things last minute for nothing. But, you know, how can they become a business while doing that? And, and, their friends, I think, just don't, they don't think about it, you know? Um, especially nowadays totally. when art is sort of like maybe just coming back into fashion. Um, you know, it's, it doesn't always have a perceived value, uh, but right, your time right. does. So yeah. <laughs> those are some great ideas around boundaries. I, I also think about like keeping keeping my piece out of prying eyes or having it sort of tucked away like there's something about yeah while I'm making it especially right Mm, mm -hmm. like I noticed that nobody keeps their finished pieces in a project bag they only ever keep the stuff that's in process in a project bag and I'm sure there's like practical reasons but it's also interesting that that's how a lot of magical work happens is Mm. while it's in progress you don't really show it or talk about it Oh, right? interesting. But yeah. when it's done, you're wearing it or you're driving it or you're living in it, right? Sure. Whatever the thing is you manifested or, or created. Oh. And so that was kind of an interesting idea about like, is the project bag kind of, could it be kind of like a shield? Ooh. Could you actually create or, of course, I'm stuck in the 80s with my fabric puff paint. <laughs> could you fabric puff paint on the on the project bag, some kind of magical sigil or, or on the inside where it's not seen. Sure. Right? So oh anyway, goodness, those yeah. were some ideas I was thinking about, like a literal shield for your piece as you're I making it. I never thought about that, that you put it in the bag, you hide it sort of when you're working on yeah. it. Yeah. And then, gosh, even again, like art and things, I would do the same thing. Like, don't look at my project until it's done. <laughs> until it's done. That's right. Yeah. And that's hmm. important for when we think about doing magic. You don't really want to, like, it's, we don't really like to share things until they're done because they're sensitive, they're fragile, they're Mm. under construction, right? Yeah, the energy is easy to manipulate. And so if there's more people in on it, it can change from where you made it. Yeah, yeah. it'll it'll have everyone else's thoughts and encouragement, but that isn't necessarily like, you know. Might not be the point. Yeah, and it could be if you decided, but. Sure. sure. Oh, interesting. Gosh. So I think about that, like, couldn't, like, if I'm knitting something on the bus, like, where do you knit your traveler's talisman? Are you knitting it at home by default? Or would you knit it in a public place? I actually wanted to knit it in a public place. Like that was part of the reason that I wanted to do it. I wanted something to have on the plane with me, which is very unlike me, typically. I don't prefer the attention of people who see me knitting. I know that's like wild. Um, Wait, what happens when people see you on a plane? 
Oh, get, oh, my grandma used to crochet. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not like mad at it or anything, but usually I'm like head down, knitting, headphones, and and suddenly I will feel like something happening and I'll be like, oh, yes. And they've been talking to me for two minutes about something that then I'm like, oh, oh, hi, now I'm here. My shield and barriers, you are not choosing to see. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so it's it's just, I think, one of those things that people have like a really positive, um, I don't know, like reflection on, you know, they always know someone who was doing something with yarn, whether it was knitting or crochet. So I always get interrupted. And I think that's what I don't like. I don't like the interruption. Um, and then I don't like people picking it apart who don't know what they're talking about. And I shouldn't say that because I do appreciate their feedback and things. And sometimes what they say is really funny without being intended to. Um, But, um, but yeah, I do usually I'm like, no, no public knitting just at home. But this project in particular, I was like, okay, this is the one again, I wanted it to be like slipping by things, distracting me from what was going on, because I didn't want to think like, oh, no, mercury and retrograde, and I have to be on this plane. I don't want to even put that energy out there. So I'm putting it into my shawl, all positive thoughts, slipping yeah, past, good luck, not, no turbulence, you know, like slipping by the clouds, slipping by the people, slipping stitches. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a amazing, amazing idea that you're, act- I mean, I'm so loving this project. I love that you're using the slip stitch, mm-hmm. slipping stitches as... And like, or I think of yarning over, like I'm going to yarn over this person or I'm going to yarn over this crowd or like there's different sort of things that you could actually do magically. And I would only know, the only reason I'm making that connection is because I'm starting to understand knitting a little bit, right? Yeah. Wow. That is such a magical act to do those things on purpose and say, this is me slipping by. This is me getting over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Booping through the crowd. You can't even see me. Ooh. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Most things yeah. I think that we knit or that we crochet are actually a shield of some kind, a blanket, a scarf, a hat. Yes. A literal warming agent against the elements. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Great point. Or yeah. it's a bikini it's, or it's a crocheted bikini from the Yeah. 70s. I mean, that still covers. <laughs> <something>. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It's, um, yeah, it's been a really interesting, uh, idea and I'm really enjoying having, Again, learning more magic so I can put it in. Like you're saying, yeah. you're learning more knitting to see where you can put the magic in. I'm sure right. we'll come together on a lot of crossover ideas until yeah. we, like Katie and Jim's pattern design collection <laughs> LLC. Well, the thing that I'm into <laughs> is the blocking waters. Ooh. Like that whole idea that we had talked about in previous um, with Stardust Fiber Studios and others mm. where there is this idea of water that you're using to block the piece that's infused with herbs, mm-hmm. potentially essential oils or whatever types of things that would help lock in or support the intent of your piece. Yep. So I could see um, knitting a, a, a shawl or a scarf with, you know, open roads for travel, mm. right? So sure. it would have this sort of nice, beautiful, sweet, uh, citrusy scent to it, mm. very, very light citrusy scent, as well as having the 
you know, energy of that magical oil. And this is my travel scarf devoted to Hermes, right? Maybe Mm. I would do some color work with a little Hermes symbol, you know, at the end or something like that. So Mm. I think about like, what a cool idea to create a shield that actually carries me a physical talisman to travel Mm -hmm. that carries me through things and has the intent in there. Yeah. I mean, I often reflect back on how, you know, knitting is like a chain link, you know, and chain mail, essentially. So that's that's a huge boundary. (laughs) A lot less weighty, but um, a more, you know, modern version of that, really. Your energetic chain mail. Mm, That's exactly what I think shields are, you know? There you go. Blocking the psychic. It's blocking the psychic darts that are thrown at us all the time. Mm-hmm. And mostly inadvertently. I'm not trying to paint the world as this horrible place. It's just the people who are pulling on your energy, mm-hmm. right? Yep. They end up pulling on the shield energy instead of your energy, which is mm-hmm. unlimited supply from the earth, right? right? And, you know, you're kind of, it's a it's a really important part of spiritual hygiene. Gosh, yeah. And well, boundaries I, in general for for well-being. Yep. And you were th- you know saying like the um, blocking water, but I know there's also like spiritual sprays and things too that people use. Again, like like a shower and things like that. So mm-hmm. there there's a lot of really great options out there and you know again, just just touching the tip of the iceberg here again. But um, but yeah, I mean, just having these couple of things in your arsenal at this point, um, I think will be really helpful for people as we, again, continue through the year. Um, and, and I'm always curious on what people use as their, you know, shields. Maybe we'll get some emails if anybody wants to drop us a line at knitaspellpodcast at gmail.com and describe if you are feeling willing to share uh, how you visualize your shields. Um, I love to that hear how cool. people do it. Uh, we could share it on an upcoming episode or on our Instagram page, which is at knitaspell. Um, and yeah, because I... If you, if you have knit something magical... Hmm. That you're yes. using in a magical way as a shield. Oh my gosh, we would love to know that, right? Yes, anything. You can even, you can, if you're inspired by this episode, you can go on to iTunes or Spotify, review this episode and let us know there too. Anywhere that you can connect with us, yes. I'd love to know. Yes, please, let us know. Um, and just remember, you can always find us at, uh, on Instagram, you can find Jim at Divine Hand Jim on Instagram. And you can find Katie at Light from Lantern on Instagram. Oh, Check man. out bonus episode, bonus uh, material and all our episodes at knitaspell.com. That's right. Oh, man. What a wonderful episode. This was so fun to talk about all this stuff. You are so inspired with... I, you inspire I me, Jim. Happening. I see magical making is actually happening. Yes, it's becoming a thing. I know. I'm I'm so excited. I really hope we get some uh, emails from people, even if it's just a DM. Slide into our DMs on Instagram. That works, too. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah, we're anxious to hear from you guys. So, yeah. Well, Aww. exciting, Katie. I can't wait for next week. And we will see you then. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a good one, everybody. So long. This episode is a wrap. If you enjoyed what you heard, go ahead and follow us on your favorite podcast streaming app. And don't forget, you can see full video episodes of Knit a Spell on Light from Lantern's YouTube channel.